What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. It's your boy Ant Wright, your host of Michigan State of Mind. Man, it has been it's been a while, almost been like too long, man. Not gonna lie, bro. Um, thank you for listening in. One, um, I have been crazy busy. Uh, a lot has been going down. Um, a lot has been happening with me. Uh, a lot has been happening with everything going on around me as well. Um, as you guys notice, I dropped a shoe, like my first shoe, the Ant Right Ones. Craziness, man. Um, Ant Right Ones, dude, they are, man, they're like a low top tennis shoe. Um, it's like croc, it's like, it's like white croc leather with like white patent leather. Dope shoes, bro. Um, if you want, just holler at me and I'll. I'll help you out with that. Uh, but crazy news is out today. Um, you, know, you know, you know, as you guys know, a lot of guys have been opting out. Um, like Mayfield, Ambry Thomas, uh, and I believe Nico Collins signed with Drew Rosenhaus, I think. Big time, big time agent, big time agent. That is a big time. That is big time stuff. Um, I've, gotten a lot, I've gotten a lot of questions, man. I've gotten a lot of questions about, you know, will these guys choose to opt back in knowing that the Big Ten is, you know, you know, looks like that they'll be playing possibly. Um, quick answer is they shouldn't is one. Uh, two, um, if they've already signed with an agent, they couldn't make some things up. Uh, but they shouldn't. I mean, if you are... In NBA, NBA. <laughs> if you are an NFL prospect uh, and you have decided to opt out, there's no reason to come back to school. Uh, once you've already made that decision for you and your family, your whole state of mind changes. Now, when you come back, I mean, you don't even want to run the risk of, you know, should I have, should I have come back? And, you know, who, who even knows that this season even finishes out? Um, especially for the Big Ten, like we're gonna talk talk about this more in depth when we get Eric Rudder in here, and he's gonna go more in depth about all the rules and protocols. Like, man, like it's <laughs> it's strict. It's super super strict. Um, uh, I don't know what I don't know if the conference is gonna get through or not. Either way, um, the season's back. And an announcement today also that Dylan McCaffrey bounced. Um, 
that just tells me that Joe Milton has been knocking heads <laughs> ever since they've come back. So um, that is a positive, and it's nice knowing who the starter is several weeks before the game, and uh, and that's pretty dope. But now you have an opportunity for Kate McNamara to come in and do a little something-something. Uh, I'm really interested in that. I haven't heard what's going on with Michigan State in terms of uh, in terms of like uh, quarterback, I'm not sure what's going on there. All I know is talking to dudes who are uh, who cover Colorado is that you know Mel Tucker is a defense first dude. Um, I believe in his one year Colorado, his run pass was like 55 45, um, where his thing was like defense, 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 keep the game, keep the game, um, you know, less possessions. Let's stop them on D, um, and let's you know bleed clock and let's win the line. Um, but that should be interesting. And I think Michigan State picked up uh, they they picked up a three or four star. I think they're teammates. Uh, one's an O lineman, the other one is a running back. The running back looks like a like looks like the juggernaut. Like good lord, dude is built. Dude is built. And then um, you know he's either a three or a four, it's like borderline teetering. Michigan State fans will say he was a four until he committed to Michigan State. Um, that's uh, Connor Muldowney's favorite right there. But, uh, but yeah, man, we're going to cut to a quick commercial, and then I'm going to get into locker room, and um, hopefully I, I speak to, to uh, some of y'all there. Even though sports had a break, your business didn't. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more people than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your, sh- to make your search that much easier like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire you need, just like they have for 3 million businesses. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash podcast. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to to Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Offer is valid through September 30th. What's happening, Nat? What's going on, man? What's going on? Not much. QB1, Joe Milton. Ooh. Hey. It's going to be exciting. Yeah. And, you know, it's... I know you were uh, you were in front of that one. What do you think about McCaffrey transferring, though, and not really even, uh, you know, giving it a couple games? That means he was going at his head. That means, yeah. that means Milton was in there, like, and it wasn't close. Right, it wasn't right, close. Right. That's you know the one thing, and then, and then on, on top of that, you knew, 
you knew right away. Um, if someone leaves like that, like they know that they're that, like it's a wrap. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean Harbaugh's Harbaugh's first year, he had uh, he had uh, Rudock and, and Shane Morris, and I don't think he named a starter. Gotcha. What's up, Eric? Hey, how you doing, man? Hey, appreciate you uh, coming on, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, most definitely. It's a big day today. Huge day. Um, so, so this is locker room. It's pretty dope. Uh, whenever you want to like mute your mic, if you look down like the bottom right, you could like click that button. Okay. And then you you could just go uh, mute. Um, then there's a discussion tab at the bottom right as well where people will like ask you questions or they'll make statements. And I go back and forth to, uh, to make sure that we're addressing everybody there. But, um, it's pretty simple, really user-friendly stuff. Yeah. I kind of think I see what's going on now. Not too extra. Not right. (laughs) Um, okay. Let's see. All right. So for, for those of you who don't know, uh, this is Eric Rudder. Eric, go ahead and, you know, tell people what you do, where they can find you and all that fun stuff. Hey, guys. Uh, like Ant said, my name's Eric. I cover Michigan football and basketball for Wolverine Digest, and that's a part of the Sports Illustrated Network. Um, on on Twitter, my handle is EricRudderWD. So that's where you can find me on there. And we're always putting out some news, whether it's about what's happening on the recruiting landscape lately, or like earlier today, there's big breaking news about the big 10 bringing the football season back. So whatever it is, we've got you covered in those two spots. Awesome. I appreciate you, man. Um, not going to take up too much of your time. I know it's a little late. It's like nine 20 where I'm at. Um, not going to take up too much of your time. Talk about maybe 20, 25 minutes, just, you know, talking, you know, Big Ten, what all this means. Uh, Eric had a really great article. You guys should go to his page and read that, um, you know, talking about in detail, like, what the protocol actually means. But I wanted to dive into that a little bit here, E. Um, mm-hmm. Let's get right into it, man. So, so you heard the murmuring over the last week or so where, you know, there's, there's going to be a vote over the weekend and then there's going to be some type of decision at some point. Um, and then Nebraska dude was caught on a hot mic where he was saying, you know, big Ten's about to announce coming back and all that fun stuff. Um, so they announced it. Let's talk about the schedule. Let's talk about that first. How many games is the schedule out yet? Has anything been leaked? Okay, so right now, like you were saying, there's kind of been a roller coaster the last couple of weeks about whether the Big Ten was going to come back or not. But over the last five to seven days, it's really picked up a lot of steam. And we've seen indications from a couple different places that Big Ten presidents and chancellors were going to vote soon. I think Friday was the date a lot of people were really aiming for. And it took a little bit more discussion. They had to deliberate over the weekend. And then either on Monday or last night, that's that's what it sounds like when they finally came together and decided to bring back football. As far as the schedule goes, the way they're doing it is a little bit different. And they kind of have to. It's a necessity at this point because 
it's already September 16th, and we, we've seen uh, some other conferences are playing ball already. So what it looks like is there's going to be eight regular season games held in conference, and then there's a plus one. They call it an eight plus one schedule. So in the East Division and in the West Division, whoever wins those is going to meet for the Big Ten Championship game as their ninth game. But then the number two team from each division, they're going to battle it out. The number three teams, they're going to go against it too, all the way down. So all 14 teams are going to end up playing nine games this year. And personally, I think that's around where it was going to be, like if this were a normal season as far as conference games go. But the Big Ten has a lot of agreements already in place with media companies and television deals. And a lot of those were contingent on getting that last ninth game in there. So gotcha. truth be told, I think that played a, a big part in this. But that's what we're working with right now. Do you know how they're going to figure out those that ninth game? Is it going to be home, away, a neutral? Like, do you know what's, what's like happening there? Yeah, in terms of the venue and the location, I'm not sure. There's a good chance that, you know, the Big Ten, we run into some weather issues because it's going to be well into December at this point. Right. Um, I'm, I'm assuming the, the title game is going to be in Indianapolis. But outside of that, the other six games, I would guess that they're shooting for dome-type environments. And another caveat with the schedule is Barry Alvarez. He's the athletic director at Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. He said they're aiming for that ninth game not to be a repeat. So if the number two team from the East is set to play the number two team from the West, but they already met in the regular season, they do reserve the right to mix it up a little bit. Just okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. And we should find out what the schedule looks like later this week. That's what Alvarez said. And he's been in charge of the scheduling committee there. So there's only what two days left in the week. So we should find out pretty soon. Gotcha. So the last time that, that, you know, there was a vote, quote unquote, a vote, there was, you know, it was, it was leaked that it was like 11-3 or something like that. Do you yep. know if there are any vote numbers? For the first one or what just happened or what, you're or what just happened, you think? They said it was unanimous. Unanimous? Okay. Interesting. So all, all 14 schools had to move in this direction. The, the rumblings made it sound like wherever they move, whether it was going to be to hold the season or not to, that the whole conference was going to be unified. So it sounds like all 14 schools voted for it. Gotcha. Now, th- this could be something that, that hasn't come out yet. Are they still going to preserve the rivalries? Um, and are they still going to occur like towards the end of, end of the season? Like Michigan, yep. Ohio State? Yeah, that's still up in the air. In the first schedule that came out a month ago, Michigan and OSU were set to face off. I believe it was October 24th. So it wasn't at the very end of the season, but it wasn't up towards the the beginning either. It was kind of sandwiched in the middle there. Now, you'd have to think the longer the season goes on, the greater chance that, you know, heaven forbid some of these players pick up COVID. But the more games you play, the more opportunity there is for that to happen. So you'd, you'd think they'd want them a little bit closer to the beginning of the year and kind of chalk this one up to a weird situation with the pandemic so that the rivalry games don't fall where they typically do. Gotcha. Makes sense. Makes sense. Um, 
How? So the so starting on the twenty fourth, there's so there's going to be no buys from what I understand, um, except that except like that one weekend before the before the one and after the eight, right? You know, I don't even think they have that, that anymore. Buy? It sounds like they really? need to play eight eight games in eight weeks, and then they're moving directly to the championship game. I'm gonna try and pull up a a calendar on my computer so I can confirm that, but I think it's eight weeks and eight games, and then they're moving on right away. Jeez. That, yeah, it seems like there is no room for error in that situation, don't you think? Like, you can't postpone games. You can't, you know, reset a date. So things have to run perfectly and smoothly. Everyone has to be on their P's and Q's because one team can mess up everything for a lot of for a lot of people. Okay, so I just counted the days on the calendar. Um, eight weeks after October twenty fourth. That brings us right up to the date for the projected ninth game, the Big Ten title game. That plus one. So. That's eight straight weeks, no bye, and then every team is heading right into that final last game there. Gotcha. With gotcha. That, that, that's, Do you know how bowl games to me. are going to work? You, you alluded to it, but there's, there's no opportunity to postpone games. So if a team does have like a, a rash of COVID infections, it, it sounds like they'd have to just cancel that game. So you might end up with yeah. some teams playing six games, seven, eight games, it might be a little off balance there. That's so sloppy. Right. That's um, weird. Yeah, it is. Um, and it is weird with the limited number of games. So when it's usual bowl season, six and six gets you in. Do you know what that number is going to be for bowl, for like bowl eligibility? Well, right now, time is obviously of the essence, but a big reason why they were working to get the schedule, or not schedule, but the decision made as soon as possible is because you need at least eight games to be eligible for the college football playoff. So the way it's set up now, it probably would be a smarter decision to have seven games spread across eight weeks so you at least have a little bit of room. Wiggle room in there. there. Yeah, but in order to qualify, you need those eight games. So that sounds like the, the situation at the moment. Mm. Yeah. You know, I think might be the most, I don't want to say absurd, but crazy aspect about this. There's, what there's no eligibility for any players that will be exhausted this season. So let's look at defensive tackle Carlo Kemp. He's a fifth-year senior. He's a two-time captain on this team. He could play those eight, nine games this year and then come back next year as like a sixth-year super senior if he so choose to. That's crazy. How does that and, work with scholarships? Well, they're, they're totally going to have to relax the rules for the next couple years because what's going to happen is next year, Michigan could have 110 kids on scholarship. And, mm-hmm. and get a load of this. 60 players on Michigan's team would have freshman eligibility. What even is that? <laughs> the only they're trying to please everybody, and doing so, it's gonna hurt a lot of people. 
Yeah, I think that might be the ramification that happens. When they first made the call to not have anyone's eligibility be used up this year, I think they're kind of erring on the the compassionate side, like, oh, we need to do something for the players to make it worthwhile for them. But what it's going to turn into is some of these young kids who are fighting for spots, or let's say you have a true freshman on Michigan's team this year, a guy like Andre Selden, who is very much expected to see the field, then he'll be returning next year as a true freshman still, but he'll have a year of college experience and other cornerbacks that are new to the team, legitimate true freshmen, will have to go against him, even though he'll have a huge advantage, really. <laughs> what? All right, that's wild. Hey, uh, we have a speaker request. I think it's Don Thomas. Give me one sec. Mm-hmm. Don. What's good? How you doing? What's up, Eric? How you doing, man? Hey, man, what's up? Thanks for joining us. Oh, my pleasure, my pleasure. Um, Honestly, that is kind of bizarre right there. You know, where it's like everyone everyone has an op- option to come back for an additional year of eligibility. Um, I think, I mean, that's one way to look at it is just really a, a bunch of log jams on depth charts and scholarship situations. I kind of see it a, a different way because um, I'm a former, you know, college athlete at a lower level, uh, Division Three, mm-hmm. um, And I kind of see kind of a, ri- the, a rising tide lifting all boats. I think I think you'll have I think you're going to have talent that's going to trickle down to lower to lower conferences to lower from Power Five to Group of Five to Group of Five to FCS FCS to Division Two um, and, and so on and so forth. I think there'll be a trickle down effect where it'll actually I think it'll actually improve it'll actually improve the quality of football. And I think and also here's an, another benefactor I think will be of this junior colleges. There are going to be kids that are instead of going in to a log jam freshman class, they'll have to go to JUCO instead and, and get better and get their reps in and then and then transfer to a four year school after they're after they're done in JUCO. Just just a few thoughts I had. I think I think it'll trickle down and make and make the quality of ball better on all divisions. Just just a thought. So tell me if I, I get this right. When you say the rising tides lift all boats, and I really love that metaphor. What you're alluding to is that some of the players from the Michigan squad, maybe like the 60 freshmen, a percentage of those would transfer to other schools where they have a better opportunity to play right away. And in doing so, that will improve the type of athlete, the quality that we see at those schools that receive the transfers. Yes, exactly. That, yeah, that's no. I think that's I think, right on the money. So it'll be, it'll be very interesting to, um, to see, to really see how that transpires. Not even the freshmen, Don. Even the, uh, even the, even the incoming players. You know what I mean? Because even though these, because it, it seems like for the next roughly what six or seven, roughly five or six years, you're gonna have people that have been in the, who are gonna be able to be in the program for what four, five, six years, right? Yeah, correct. So, I think recruits that's gonna that's gonna impact like someone who's coming into their ninth grade year right now. That's gonna impact them. This is gonna yeah. impact eighth graders. Yeah, where you know if you are in like the eleventh grade right now and you're and you're and this finally starts to hit, and a coach sits you down and your family sits sits down with you and you're like, hey, look, I know you are 
you're I I know you're top three fifty in the country. I know you're a four star, but a little, little bit on the lower side. But these big schools just don't have room for you due to what's going on. Just look what's ahead of you. Look, look, maybe you can go to Arkansas State. Maybe you can go to like an FIU. Um, maybe you can go, you should go to like um, a BYU or uh, one of these power five schools that can never get over the hump, like a Kansas or like a Rutgers. And you, and you can go there and play right away. It certainly makes an opportunity like that a little bit more attractive for a player that might have been a fringe early contributor at Michigan to go to a different school where he has a better chance of seeing the field early. I mean, we all know the the phrase that sometimes you'd rather be a, a big fish in a small pond than vice versa, and you might see a lot of that play out going forward. I agree. Um, and that's and that's actually going to help out help with the parity of college football as well because really over the last um, last you know five to ten years, it, 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 it's, this has really been the era of super teams, like um, really started by the Boston Celtics and the Miami Heat, and and um, and then really transferring over to college football with Twitter. Everybody wants to team up with that great five-star kid on the other side of the country. Hey, let's get on Twitter. Hey, let's team up, man. That's really what's happened. So that's why only about, there really is only about four to six truly bona fide title contenders because these schools are able to stockpile all this talent. And I really believe this whole, um, I really believe this whole situation is going to, um, this whole situation is going to really kind of help redistribute some of this talent to where to where more where more of these schools are going to have some high level players where they can go toe to toe with some of these bigger 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 programs and such. So just a thought. Right. Hey, uh, Howard. There's um there's uh, someone in the uh, wait list. Justin Justin Rowe, I believe he is. Justin Rowe, right? R O H. Yep. Okay. Hey, just kind of going back to what Don said right there. I think it's time that we as Michigan fans might need to be honest with ourselves about what type of team we're going to roll out there each year because, you know, having these top recruiting classes, Michigan's always projected somewhere. I think this year it was in between number 10 and number 20, depending on what preseason ranking service you looked at. But if Michigan's going to be a college football playoff contender each year, the increased competition should only help all the way around. And when you matriculate some kids out of the program that weren't really going to see the field in a meaningful way in their first couple years and replace that with instant impact guys or upper echelon recruits that might be a better fit for that early playing time, you would imagine that would only boost the talent level of Michigan all the way around. And if you compare that to a team like Ohio State or Alabama, where that talent level is already extremely high, it would appear, at least on the surface, that Michigan would have a larger relative increase if that were to take place. Does that make sense? 100%. 100%, man. Um, that, is, that is so wild to me, man. 
That is so that is so wild to me. Well, Ant, let's let's look at it this way. If when you were a recruit, and I don't know if the rules were different back then, but I think for college ball right now, it's a 15 scholarships on the roster at one time, right? Right. Okay. Was it the same way when you were being recruited? Uh, pretty much. Pretty much, yeah. That hasn't so, changed all. all that so if you, if you were to up that number from 15 to, say, 22, so ab- about Ooh. one recruiting class worth of kids, five to seven, gets to stick around an extra year – would that have impacted your decision-making process? Probably. Uh, I probably would have went to like James Madison and stayed closer to home, honestly. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, that would have impacted it big time. So so it's not to like James, James Madison or like, uh, like Walford or or something like that. I, I think a lot of times we, especially on like the reporting side, wonder how big of a deal the competition level is for kids like if they shy away from you know a really stacked depth chart because they could play somewhere earlier but this type of situation really magnifies that dilemma that kids have so I think it'll maybe even give us some more insight to what it's like to be on the other side of that Yeah, it's 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 definitely a trip. Um, it's because I, I remember I have a very um, different example. Um, I, I I was recruit I was recruited out of high school, uh, played baseball at this university in Mississippi. Um, I redshirted my freshman year, and 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 while I was being actually I was redshirted by the by the interim coach took over because the coach that recruited me left. Two months into my freshman year, so the new and, and I found out later the new coach didn't want me, and so my red shirt freshman year I come back, and because Mississippi is a very rich junior college system, my coach brought in brought in about twenty to twenty five junior college transfers for our baseball team, and it it was. It was really basically because of my scholarship money, I couldn't transfer. So basically, with that mentality, and he was going to bring in as many guys as he could to, and weed out whoever he needed to, it literally took me to my senior year to get on the field, you know, mm-hmm. because of that situation. So I've been there. Whereas it's like, like just waves and waves of guys are coming, are, come, are, are, co- are coming at you. And you have to, and you have to just navigate it. A lot of people that don't navigate, and they, and they either quit or transfer. So it's 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 definitely going to be that kind of situation for a lot of people. A lot of people are going to lose. A lot of people are going to lose spots. And just from like an instant reaction perspective on this, the transfer rules each year in college sports they seem to become looser and looser every year. But given the pandemic, and then given the reality that kids like next year Michigan's gonna have 60 freshmen everybody that plays this year nobody loses a season of eligibility I would think with that being the case they'd have to just open up the transfer rules even further it seems like it'd be it's insane to justify holding this type of situation against a kid it's that's, insane honestly it's that's insane. sorry go ahead sorry it's it's crazy like it's like it's like they 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 wrote the rule book for no reason. Like if you're gonna loosen it up, like 
rewrite the damn rules. You know what I mean? Because, you know, hey, maybe sometimes a kid won't transfer because he doesn't want to sit out. But he may have a good reason to. You know, he has to know what his options are there. Mm -hmm. And and they have to put it in writing. Because there's a lot of, it's almost like free agency right now, man. And guys are just moving around as they very well please. They're here, they're here, they're here. Exactly how it is. Zero games. They they need to put it in writing, so there's no more confusion. Like 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 you know like why does one guy he transfers and his parents are sick? He has to sit out when he goes closer to home, but this kid over here moves further away from home, and he's eligible right away. Like I just don't understand that. Yeah, and I think you're kind of right about that. It seems like, you know, the Constitution of the country, obviously that's a living document that nobody really touches and edits. But these transfer rules as we go, people are kind of figuring it out and making the rules as things progress. So like we saw, what, in the last year with college football, they loosened the transfer rules a little bit. And it it seems like the public opinion is shifting to a point where more people are on the player's side and that they want looser transfer rules. And I think that's where we're headed. I, I I agree as well. Um, I agree. I I just believe that uh, a kind of a fundamental a, a belief that, like you said, if a coach can can leave it without penalty, have having to sit out a year or, or right. have a year of residence, as they call it, in as NCAA rules. I believe the players should be able to make that move because I'm going to use that use the same analogy I used earlier. Rising tide lifts all boats. Because the thing about it is. You're not gonna have, you know, you're not gonna have a bunch of people leaving one school and then and, and not having not being replenished. I really believe it'll take care of itself because you may lose five guys, but you may get six guys, you know, from other places. So it gives people freedom um, to move and play wherever wherever they please. And also, a lot of times, um, especially in recruiting of these of these 15, 16, 17, 18 year olds, especially the prominent ones. Who they have their their uncle, their their quote unquote mentors, and they got their mama want them to go somewhere. They got their friends want them to go somewhere. They got their girlfriend want them to go somewhere. They have all these people that want them to go to different places. You have all these coaches that are pressuring you. You've got some schools that are offering incentives, which means they're you know the, the mama wants you to take the incentive and go to this school, go to that school. And so a lot of times these a lot of times these kids go places where they don't want to go. They feel they have to go, feel they need to go, or feel they're obligated to go. And and so they get them and realize, hey, this isn't going to work. And you and, and it's, I don't believe these kids should have more flexibility to make a to if they make a mistake at first, be able to opt out and make a more sound decision and go somewhere where they'll be happy. And will they'll will they'll be able to flourish? Of, of course, there's a thin line because some kids just need to go and stick it out and 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 and, um, and learn their lessons and all that through that through that time. But it's just I just think there just needs to be um, more of a balance to give these kids an opportunity to to um, to change courses, especially if they didn't make the right choice out of high school for for one reason. Hey, hey, Ann. Do you mind if I take this in a similar yet a little bit different direction? Do your thing. All right. So with all this transfer discussion and we saw earlier today, um, 
Brandon Brown, Michael Spath, they were all over this stuff. Nico Collins is going pro. Dylan McCaffrey is not returning to Michigan. So the transfer portal, those are just guys leaving Michigan. So the conversation has been pretty negative recently about Jalen Mayfield leaving, uh, Ambry Thomas leaving. There hasn't been a lot of good news in that department. But with the transfer portal being a lot more active right now, I think this is an exceptional opportunity for Michigan to really address some of the positions that they've had key losses at, like cornerback right now. Uh, without Jalen Mayfield, Michigan would have five new offensive line starters this year. So you're going to see kids from other schools and other programs looking at new opportunities, and maybe there's greener pastures out there. If Michigan really wanted to capitalize on the situation right now, they would be as active as anybody working to replace some of those gaps. Here's what's crazy, though. Like, it sounds really good, but that's Michigan. Like, not all credits transfer over. Um, yeah, that's, 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 that's the part that sucks, man, because yeah. you will never see Michigan at one of these JUCOs because none of the credits move. Yep. You know what I mean? And, and that's what sucks. You need to it, – it has to be someone from, like, a really big-time academic school. Like, you know, look at Duncan Robinson. He came from Williams College. Mm-hmm. That is a really good academic school. Um, Wayne give Lyons me, from give, Stanford. Yes, and, you know, even when, like, Charles Matthews moved over, he had a really, really freaking good GPA. If you slip one semester your freshman year, which happens <laughs> all the time, to me, you cannot go to Michigan <laughs> ever. You know, it's a wrap for you. So, like, how many transfers, how many transfers has Michigan received for basketball and football that was not a grad transfer over the last 10 years? It, I mean, it's, of course, one is Shay Patterson, and, and I, I know Shane, I know Shay personally. Um, and um, here's, a, and actually, Ant, what you said is, is, of course, you played for Michigan, so what you said is absolutely spot on because when all the old Miss stuff went down with Hugh Freeze and such and Harbaugh was, was bringing Shane to Michigan, there were at least a half a dozen other old Miss players that wanted to come to Michigan. Yep. But Shay was the only one that got in because none of, none of the rest of them qualified. There yep. were several others that wanted to come. And Shay lost 17. Shay actually lost 17 credits to come to Michigan. Damn. Yeah. Yeah, and I kind of got a fun fact for you here, and I want to see if you know this, okay? What's up? So Michigan had a partnership with, uh, I think at the time it was a junior college, but now it's a community college. I know they're real similar, but whatever, the language is a little different. This was back in the late, late 1800s, and (laughs) it's a a school in Michigan, and it's a, a program where the Wolverines would schedule scrimmages with them on a yearly basis. And one of those years, Michigan won like the first two times they did it. The, the community college ended up beating Michigan that third year. And then after that, they never scheduled any scrimmages again. But it's currently one of the few places where if you take credits at that community college and then transfer to Michigan, they will all go through. Do you know what school that is? Really? Is it? It's not one. Not Nope, neither of those. Not LCC. Not that one. Washtenaw? 
Nope. It's it's Grand Rapids Community College. Wow. Oh, really? Yeah, so they're the their nickname is the Raiders. I don't know if that's important or not, but their school colors are blue and yellow. So there was a small period of time where I went to GRCC myself and I got extremely lucky when I transferred to University of Michigan Flint that because of that long-standing pre-existing connection between the two universities, all of my credits ended up transferring to Michigan. And that's still a standing thing? Yeah. Why don't it's, they have a junior college football and basketball program? You know, GRCC had a football team not too long ago, and I'm going to get the coach wrong. It's either uh, Jimbo Fisher. I don't think it was Chip Kelly because Chip Kelly was at Grand Valley State. I think Jimbo Fisher was at GRCC, but he cheated at like such a high level that he got caught, and they ended up axing and eliminating the entire football program, and it's still not back today. <laughs> just, just a weird tidbit. That's wild. That's wild. But if your credits transfer at Michigan like that, like that, that, that almost feels like a place – where like some of these like preferred walk-ons or like some of these guys can just go for a year, get bigger, stronger, faster, and then just boom, you're right there. You know? You know, I don't I don't know why, because you make a great point. I don't know why that situation isn't taken advantage of more. It should be. One hundred percent should be. Yeah. Some of these guys, maybe they're one year away. If you go and park you know, park there, and even if even if you want to just, like, redshirt your first year and not even play, but just to get your credits, get bigger, faster, stronger, and then move on to Michigan, now you're up 25 pounds, you're more mature, et cetera, et cetera, you know? Yeah, there's not really a downside to it, you know? Really not. There's really, really not. Um, yeah, that's and that's a big – like I said, it's a big – that's a big disadvantage Michigan is at from a competitive standpoint with like the with like the premier programs like the Alabamas, the Ohio States, the LSUs. Because I mean, I, I went to college in Mississippi, and there are a lot of like I said, man, guys with Alabama, you can go you went however, whenever you get whatever JUCO transfers because you're literally right next door to to Mississippi, which is arguably the best junior college football in in the country. Cause they've got all bunch of them there and all that. So mm-hmm. you literally can go next door for that. So, I mean, Michigan's academic standards and their commitment to excellence, you know, in, in, in quote unquote excellence of those other areas puts them at a disadvantage to these, some of these bigger schools. I mean, it's not, that's not making an excuse. It's just a fact. It is you a know, fact. Don, I think you'd have a really good understanding of this being from that part of the country, but if, Anyone has ever watched this series on Netflix, Last Chance You? Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. I, I had teammates from East Mississippi that, that came and played that played with me at, at school. So I'm very familiar with, with with scuba. You know, scuba tech is what they call it. Um, yeah, it's it's um I mean I'm from Detroit originally, but I went to college in Mississippi. But yeah, it, it's um yeah, it's 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 different because you because you know you look at the education rankings, Mississippi and those those states down there are dead last. So a lot of these schools, you really can have whatever GPA you you got. If you're a fo- if you are a football player, if you just if you literally just can't pass the NCAA regulations, 
you know, they'll just send you to JUCO and, and have you to pass JUCO and bring you up. It's just, it's a, they have a farm system down here where they stockpile all these great players. It doesn't matter what your grades are. Just come to, if you can, if you can spell your name, you can come play for us. Mm-hmm. And, and it ain't like that at Michigan, you know, and right. it's, 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 it's different. And if Michigan dumbed their academic standards down, you know, and uh, course, I don't know but, if that's the answer either. <laughs> no, it's not. No, I, I wouldn't want to do that because, shoot, we've won. I mean, we've won all these years, you know, having these standards. So, you know, we just got to make do what we got, you know, but I'm just saying. Leaders and best, you know. Exactly. Um, on, on kind of that same recruiting standpoint, this came out in the last, like, couple hours right now and ever since the middle of March. The NCAA has had a recruiting dead period, so kids can't go to campus. They can't visit. Even if you're a senior, you can't take those official visits that are so important in giving you the info you need to make your decision. The NCAA just extended. And honestly, I thought that it was set to expire at the end of this month. And then October 1st would be when they could take visits again, but they just pushed it back. So visits are not on the table until January 1st at the moment. Ooh. I not, mean, not, if not everyone's cool anyone, abiding by the same rules, if it, if if every, everyone's abiding by the same rules, then like it's not too big of a problem. But at another day, you know, it sucks for these kids because visits visits are awesome. I love visits. You know, that's where you go chill with the team. Um, you chill on the campus. Um, you mingle with the coeds. You know what I mean? But um. Yeah, that's tough, man, and that sucks. Uh, we're we're almost at time. I wanted to hit up on one thing though, um, Eric. You mentioned earlier about picking up COVID, right? Uh, there is there's testing that's going to be taking place, super super strict. Um, and if you get positive, you got to sit out X amount of days. Uh, if you reach a certain threshold on your team. You can't do anything, practice yeah. or games. Um, can you talk more about that piece? Yeah, so that's going to be one of the binding factors that I think makes it really difficult for the 14 Big Ten schools and teams to make it through their eight-game regular season stretch uninhibited. Once you test positive for COVID, they have a 21-day quarantine period, which that's pretty close to on par with what I've heard from other places and different bodies that govern about the situation. Um, 14 is probably what we hear most often, but 21 days isn't too much more cautious of an approach to take. I think that's a big reason why there's such a delay with the season starting on October 24th, because if testing the advanced testing measures that they're taking start at the end of the month, I believe it's the 30th is the first day. They want those three weeks to have those kids under that same circumstance. And you mentioned the thresholds. So they're evaluating that in two different ways. And it was kind of hard to make sense of during the Big Ten press conference earlier today. But you mentioned there's a threshold and there's three different levels. There's green, there's yellow, and there's red. And those both have different stipulations. Now, they're checking that both on a population basis, which from my understanding, that's the school that the team is like connected with and how COVID is being handled there. And I really don't understand how that ties into the situation, 
but they're also using the same type of measure of red, yellow, and green for the actual team itself. And that makes more sense, but based on if you have an 85 scholarship team, you can only have five players that test positive for COVID at once without going into um, when that happens, there's a seven day break for each school. So if it's Thursday, Michigan is scheduled to play Minnesota on Saturday. Six kids have COVID on Thursday. They're not allowed to meet or do anything together for a week. The Minnesota game is canceled. And then they reevaluate the situation next, next uh, Thursday because it's a seven-day rolling testing period that they consider. Wait a minute. Time out, time out, time out, time out, time out. Time out. So, so you're saying if you, you get six positives on a Thursday, right? Mm-hmm. You have to cancel, and then you have to halt all activities till that next Thursday, right? Yes. So you're not practicing or doing anything, and you have a game two days later? I don't think, yeah, I don't think they can in that situation. So, so really, it's, it's almost like if you get over five, you're going to – that's that's two games, in my opinion, mm-hmm. minimum. Oof. The, the only way that that five number I gave you changes is if they consider walk-on players part of the team, which, I mean, they should. They are part of the team. But if you add that in – on any given Saturday, there's, what, 110 to, like, 120 guys on Michigan's sideline for a home game? Yep. But even with that additional 40 guys or so, that lifts uh, the percentage point because I want to say it's, like, 5% of your roster can only have COVID and keep going on. So with, like, 120 kids, that bumps the number up to, like, what, eight? That's That's not a lot of leeway even then. That's tough, man. And I mean, I'm I'm bad at math, so it might be over ten, but you know, it's, it's accountability. I mean, that, one thing that will um, enforce it's accountability um, is what it is. So it'll it'll make kids more cognizant of where they are and what they do when they're out, when they're off campus. Because if you you go to one party, man, you are you're basically putting your entire of course from a health standpoint. Number one, that's most important, but you're literally putting you know your team at risk. From a health standpoint, most importantly, and a season standpoint, so it really just brings that much more accountability into the picture. But I think what you just mentioned—the accountability—that's not really something you have to worry about with this Michigan team because Carlo Kemp participated in a podcast with John Jansen earlier today, and he stressed that the only reason Michigan is in a situation right now where they have such low COVID numbers in comparison to other schools. Like um, Ed Orgeron at LSU came out yesterday and said, yeah, most of my team has had COVID already. Like most of his 85 scholarship roster has already had the virus. So at Michigan, that's not the case. And Carlo Kemp on the podcast reiterated that the players have been down pat with the protocols from day one. They haven't been going out. And it kind of sucks because guys like Carlo, he's made a lot of friends on the team over the last five years. And the only time he can see those guys that he considers his best friends might be at workouts or might be when they do field work together. And after that, after practice, they just go home and chill. And unfortunately, with that being the way it is, that's what the Michigan players have been doing on a weekly basis to make sure that 
they put themselves in a position to maybe play Big Ten football this fall. And not everyone is, you know, is you know going the extra mile like like that, and and that's the sad part. But you know, they put these rules in place. Um, they put these these you know, rules in in place, and you know, like it or not, you know, this is your season, and you know, it's up to you if you want to have that season or not. Um, now, can you talk a little bit more about? There's a 21-day quarantine, right? Mm-hmm. So that 21-day quarantine, what can a, a a player is basically suspended and cashed right. off I mean, for like three for, weeks? For all intents and purposes. Now, this is going to be one of the really interesting situations for me because after talking to some kids on Michigan's campus and what it's like for a student who has to undergo quarantine at U of M, Now, they only have to do it for 14 days, so I understand it's different. But there's a set of dorms at Michigan called Northwood. And do you you remember that, Ant, from when when you were there in Northwood? Northwood, yes. Uh, Northwood is, like, North Campus, but then there's, like, more – there's, like, a pocket of, like, apartments. Yeah, so that's that's where they're being held right now. And with that, players – or uh, students, they have a really small amount of time to get all their belongings together. I read it was between like 20, 25 minutes. They kind of have to keep a bug out bag and they have to get ready and go. Now, when these football players go into quarantine, I don't know if they have a separate place where they can go that's not Northwood or if they're going to go there too, but that's currently what's happening with the Michigan students. I'm like... I'm pretty sure I had someone I I was uh, streaming Fall Guys last night and one of my followers came came in there saying, hey, I'm quarantining because I tested positive for COVID. And he said he was in North. He was in Northwood right now. So that's yep. really interesting. You brought that up. That's that's where they're sending everyone. Oh, my gosh. That's mm-hmm. wild. Um, Eric Rudder. um Thank you so much for coming in. You can find Eric on Twitter uh, at Eric Rudder WD. Um, he had a great article today, just outlining a bunch of the uh, Big Ten protocols put in place. Uh, Don, thank you for coming in as well. Uh, Don has his own podcast called A Podcast Divided, and, and I think he's doing that with uh, Connor Muldowney. Um, you can check that out. Um, but yeah, thank you guys again for coming in. Thank you for those who are, who have been listening. Um, this is going to be in my next pod on Michigan state of mind, um, which will post probably sometime tomorrow or tomorrow night, but Eric, Don, thank you so much for, uh, coming in. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Ann. It was a, it was a good time. I really enjoyed it. So anytime you want to do this again, let me know. There's a a reason you're the best. (laughs) I don't think I'm the best. I'm, you know, I'm just chilling, man. (laughs) (laughs) So thanks for having me. Thanks for letting me crash the party. Yep. I'll see you guys. Adios.